Thanks for listening to Shellheads. We finally made it to the IDW Reboot comic. In this episode, we cover issues 1 through 8 and the first four micros. We hope you enjoy it. If you do, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Enjoy the show. Welcome to a brand new episode of Shellheads, a TMNT podcast. Uh, I am your host. No, this <laughs> your hosts are here, both Sergio and Jeff. I'll let you decide who we are this week. How you doing over there, Sergio or Jeff? I'm good. I'm having like a freaking Bruce Almighty flashback. <laughs> Steve Carell. That's like the best things ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, Sergio. Oh, you, you spoilers. That's Jeff. Hey, buddy, we're he- we're here to talk about Ninja hey. Turtles. Yeah, uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna try this again. Uh, our listeners don't know this, but we actually tried recording this entire podcast last week, and a combination of lethargy and. Uh, my need to cover every single thing. We re-recorded about an hour and a half worth of almost unusable stuff. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think we were just kind of lethargic. We yeah, we were we were just blah. Yeah. So so we're 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 kind of hopped up on caffeine tonight a little bit, and and we're gonna we're gonna put in a good show. I took a nap because you know we are <laughs> iTunes' favorite Ninja Turtles podcast. We are. That's right. Always positive. Always positive. Always positive. This time around, we're talking about the IDW comic series. And if you're not familiar with it, it is the comic series that was, uh, it's basically a reboot starting from scratch, uh, written by Tom Waltz and Kevin Eastman. The series is about to hit its 100th issue uh, in a couple of months. And it's had the exact same creative team from issue one to issue 100, which is a, like a real Marvel <laughs> Marvel <laughs> uh, in in today's comic world, and they've switched artists a lot. Like they've got, you know, they've done Dan Duncan, Sophie Campbell, uh, Ben Bates. Uh, they've they've had a lot of different artists through the 100 episode run. Um, Mateus Santaloco, which we'll see some of his his art while we're flipping through some of these books. Mm-hmm. But the story has been pretty consistent, and and the one thing that's been consistent is anything is on the table. And today we're going to read through, or we read through issues one through eight and the first four micros, uh, which are the books for Leo, Raph, Don, and Mike. This version of the Ninja Turtles pulls from the Mirage comics. It pulls from the 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 two K three show. It pulls from the original cartoon. Uh, it pulls if you read it long enough. It pulls from the fast forward series. Ooh, yeah, it, it, yeah. It pulls from all over the place, uh, and the characters that they pull from all of these these different iterations kind of weave in and out with each other very, very seamlessly. Mm. It's a huge melting pot of Ninja Turtle lore, and we're going to cover the first twelve issues. 
That sounds good. You think we can do that? No, I think so, yeah. We can actually do it this time? Yeah, I think we can. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, I had a nap. No, good. Yeah. Good. Uh, well, as I said, the, the first the first eight issues, uh, they're drawn by Dan Duncan. And I don't want to say he's acclaimed for doing his, for his work on this. I know a lot of people really, really like it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I do. Like, dude has some really good, like, one-shot drawings. Like, the, the covers that he did for the, the like, the IDW collections mm-hmm. look great. But a lot of his work in the book, I just, I just don't like. And it's fine. Like, it's, it's, it's good enough. Because art is subjective? Art, of course, is subjective, you know. Uh, how, how do you feel about Dan Duncan's art? I mean, I, I, I like it. Um, in some scenes, it's in some or should say in some pages it's 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 better than others yeah um because i don't want to say like there's one page where mikey's on the couch and it just looks like a huge fat slob yeah i mean he just he's puffy like the (laughs) like like some of the mismatched animation episodes of the 87 cartoon hey throwback yeah (laughs) so maybe i mean like that that irritates me um but I mean, overall, I mean, with it being one dude doing how many issues? Yeah, yeah, he was doing an, an issue a month at this point. I mean, it's it's pretty monumental. Um, but there there's some there are some panels that really just kind of stick out. Yeah, and and I don't um, want to say all of it is bad. It's just mm-hmm. some of it feels rushed. Yeah, I could see that, and that doesn't help the story. Mm-hmm. Um. But the story is solid. I'm not, you know, complaining about the story at all. In the second volume, there is a book, and it's probably my favorite one in this run, uh, book number five, mm-hmm. that is the first real story of how the turtles know who they are mm-hmm. and how Splinter knows who he is, which we'll get into in a few minutes, uh, where half the art takes place in ancient Japan Ooh. and half the art takes place in New York City. And all of the art drawn in Japan is done by Mateo Santoloco, which I'm not sure if that's pronounced right. Never heard it said out loud, but that dude's art is great. Yeah. Absolutely great. Uh, he does end up being the series regular for a little while. He also did an acclaimed uh, uh, miniseries called The Secret History of the Foot Clan, which we'll be getting to very soon. Ooh, I like that. And it's and, and his, his work in that is phenomenal. So... Art aside, this reboot was a big surprise when it came out, at least for me. Uh, As I was reading it, I was thinking, man, I miss the Mirage series. Because if if we think about this chronologically, we got the Mirage comics. Then we got the Archie comics. The Mirage comics kind of went all over the place. There were guest artists and guest stories that aren't canon, and mm-hmm. and then there were tales, and then and then there was the reboot with Volume Four, Turtle Soup, and all Sir kinds Turtle of other... Soup and side stories and yeah. crossovers. It, it was a real mishmash of weirdness, mm-hmm. which is cool. It was it yeah. was very much an indie comic. Mm-hmm. Then we got Volume Two, which was fine. Nothing really great comes out of it. There's a good Baxter story in there, but it's not great, great. Mm-hmm. Volume 3 is, is of course, the, the image run. And the image run is cool. Re- IDW is reprinting that now, and I'm reading through it right now. Ooh. It's cool. It's very 90s, but very cool. Volume 4 
is of course the the soft reboot where Peter Laird goes back to the original canon and tells stories later in the Turtles' lives. Mm-hmm. That has yet to be finished, but that is where the Turtles left off. Like Tales Volume Two and Mirage Volume Four are all still same canon, all kind of had the same consistent tone. So we haven't had a Turtles comic with a different tone in a very long time. Mm-hmm. The closest we came was, was what the, that Dreamwave run that was like six issues. Oh yeah. Yeah. That happened. Yeah. And I enjoyed that, but it was very much in line with the cartoon because you know, it was based on that art on, those, really nice. on those stories. Yeah. So when I first started reading this, I was like, this doesn't feel like Mirage. I, it was hard for me to jive with it because obviously that's, that's your reference point. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, this is, why isn't this Mirage? It's not Mirage. I want this to be Mirage. Mm-hmm. But as, as, I, as it becomes the main, at least for me, as it became the main story that I read month over month, and I got more entrenched in what they were trying to do with the characters, I think this might be my favorite run of Ninja Turtles comics. Ooh. That's not taking any respect away from the right. originals. Right. But if I'm going to sit down and just read a story because I enjoy it, this might be the one that I read. I can agree with that. You know? Yeah. Uh, and of course, I'm caught up. Like, I read issue 98 a few days ago. This was your first foray into this this world. Yeah, because I got out of comics, I think, right around the time that... Um, I want to say this was gestating and is that a, is that an okay word to use? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and coming to fruition. And then I was like, eh, and then there's like one friend of mine that's like, Oh, it's crap. And I'm like, so, okay, whatever. And I just never, I never picked it up mm-hmm. or, um, you know, I just, I, I got out of it altogether. And, um, and then, you know, when we started this whole venture, I knew this was going to be eventually, you know, on the table. And now they're literally sitting on my table. They here are. In front of us. They are. And I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Like, I need, I need more. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, and, and it's funny that, that f- first impressions on this book, I can see someone be being wildly turned off by it mm-hmm. for a few reasons. It drastically changes the turtle's origin. This is the first comic book of the Nickelodeon era, the the what we're calling Phase Three, the Viacom buyout. Yeah, yeah, the Viacom buyout. Uh, we don't know who to trust. At this, honestly, when I first saw that this was being done and Kevin Eastman's name was on it, I really thought that was just a make good. It was like, hey, we need to convince people that this isn't going to suck. Let's put Kevin Eastman's name first. That way. We can say, oh, well, we got his buy-in. It must be good. Mm-hmm. No, it turns out he's actually contributing and, you know, yeah. is, is hands-on. But on the surface, when it was announced, it seemed like a cash grab. So if someone comes into this, the, this book thinking it's a cash grab, sees the bizarre direction they went with the origin, I can see how they would just pick it up and put it down after four books. I think that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking so. Yeah, with if you go into it with my, that mindset, I can totally understand that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but let's let's go ahead and start talking about that origin and and just the story overall. Uh, the the one thing that I I would say 
about the story in the first eight issues is it's not in a hurry to do anything. And that's good. A lot of stories don't really do that. Right. Um, and that's, I, I, I really, really enjoy that. It's kind of like what they did with 2K3. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, where did you guys come from? I was like, oh, that is a story for another time. I was like, oh, <laughs> dadgummit splinter. I was like, come on, man. I gotta know. Tell me. Okay, so the story opens with the turtles fighting, you know, and you don't really know why, but they're fighting a new foe. Uh, his name is Old Hob, which it, 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 Old Hob as a character is probably the most significant original addition to not only this first run, but the whole book itself. Hob is important to the turtles' origins here, and he's important to the story as a whole. And this is not Calvin's ti- pet tiger. No, no, but he is a cat. Yeah. He is a uh, presumably six-foot-tall mutated cat who is, of course, smart like you know mutants are in Ninja Turtle books. And swole. And swole. Uh, and he's had a hard life. Uh, he's missing an eye, and he's basically a, a gun for hire. We find out that he's been hired by Baxter Stockman specifically to track down the turtles. We don't know why, but he—that's th- his job. The turtles are not complete. The turtles are uh, three, and Splinter. Raphael is missing, so we don't really know why. But we just know that there's only three of them. Raphael's missing, and he, and he doesn't know who he is. Uh, the story is also told in a way that jumps back and forth between like 15 months ago and present day. Yeah. Then it changes from that's like 18 yes. months and then five months. I'm like, Whoa, whoa right. Hang right. on now. Uh, you know. like it's, it's, it's very much a flashback flash forward. You know, let's fill in the gaps. Let's explain how the turtles got to where they are today. You find out through the flashbacks that the turtles and splinter were basically lab experiments at stock gen. Uh, I wonder who runs that. Um, Baxter Stockgen. <gasps> no, Baxter Stockman, of course, is you know runs and owns Stockgen. He's he is a, a a genius scientist, so that's pretty consistent with his character across the board. Who's working for him? April O'Neil. Ooh, surprise, surprise. Yeah, that's just, a consistent story point. Eh, it depends on your point of point of point of entry, but yes, yeah. <laughs> Uh, April being smart as well. Um, she's kind of an intern, you know, kind of a summer job. I don't want to get fired from this kind of, yeah. you know, newbie. Uh, she's working with our favorite, uh, consistent character who's never had a physical form to my knowledge. He, no, I think he has. Has he? I think he's existed as a person before. We're talking about Chet folks. Chet. He's back this time. He's got a stable job. He's That's right. not a, he's not a pub owner. He doesn't own a toy store. Nope. Although that's pretty dope having yeah. a toy his, shop. His name's not on the side of a van. No, nope. like he's he's a scientist. So so Chet is Chet and April are working, and you know they do a lot of the explaining of what's going on at Stockgen. Uh, what's happening at Stockgen? Well, they're doing psychotropic experiments on Splinter and the Ninja Turtles to try to see if they can make them smart. Sure, why not? Uh, they're also working on a super soldier s- serum. Uh, well. Technically, that's copyrighted by Marvel. Um, Super Soldier Mutagen. Mutagen. There we go. We added an extra there word. We go. Mutagen. Just to make sure we don't get sued. Just, just to make it copyrightable. So Stockman is, is trying to make Super Soldiers. Uh, we find out very quickly that he's making those Super Soldiers for 
Krang. Yeah. Which is cool. Like, we are legitimately introduced to Krang before any mention of the Shredder. Yeah, because he's like not even anywhere to be found. No, no. well, well, in, in in the first four books, it's hinted, maybe. it's hinted that we might have seen him already, yeah. but there is not a named character named the Shredder Mm-mm. throughout the first eight books. Like we get Orokusaki, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's never name dropped as the Shredder. Mm-mm. Um, so. The the way they rolled out Krang's uh, existence and his his appearance was really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they refer to him uh, in the first issue. He's kind of uh, he's kind of referred to like Doctor Claw. Is that his name? Yeah, from from Inspector Gadget, where you don't ever see his face; you just <laughs> see his hand. Sometimes you see two. So, yeah, sometimes. sometimes there's always obstructions. You know that was that was great. <laughs> yeah. So so so. They're really like breadcrumbing us to the directions they want us to go, uh, and we don't really see much of the turtles outside of the fight in the first issue. We really don't, Mm-mm. which is is kind of cool. You know, it's the first issue is a lot of groundwork. Uh, the the one thing that we we learn it, in the first issue is that Casey lives with his dad and is going to get beat up by him. That's that's how the the issue ends. Uh, Raphael is 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 uh, roaming through the streets of New York, not know, really knowing who he is, and dumpster diving for pizza. Dumpster diving for pizza. There's some really cool uh, callbacks uh, in in that first issue, but he stumbles upon this house where a dude is about to beat his son. He goes in to protect the son, and that's where he finds Casey, and what looks to be the uh, the Sandman. Yes, yes, <laughs> from Marvel. <laughs> Casey's dad, the Sandman. Yeah, uh, they do some really great stuff with Casey's dad's character. I really cannot wait. Ooh. Cannot wait for you to find out. Hmm. Uh, one, not just a drunken slob. Oh no, he is not. <laughs> he's not just a drunken slob. Okay, he's also a lot more. But that's that's how we meet Casey. We meet Casey as the victim of basically domestic abuse. Which is horrible. Without any kind of explanation in the first issue. It's just, Mm. this is what's happening. Uh, One thing that all of these issues do really well is end every one of them on some sort of cliffhanger. It's like, oh, hey, this is about to happen. Tune in next month. Yeah, it's like you you gotta have that hook. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how much backstory they're telling in the issue. The end of it is always going to have something like a tickler for the next issue mm-hmm. every single time. Nice little slap and tickle. Yeah. Yeah. And reading them in collection form, like four books at a time, mm-hmm. it flows really well. It really does. Because the action picks up and it's immediately resolved. Immediately resolved when they cut to the next issue. Uh, so we find out that Casey. Uh, his mother died of cancer, and his dad is not taking it well. Uh, and the reason Casey doesn't really beat his dad up or you know actually fight his dad is because of a promise that he made his mom. Mm-hmm. You know, his, his mom was like, "Your dad's gonna need. He's not gonna. Basically, he's not gonna get through this really well. You're gonna have to be there for him. Take it easy on him. It's gonna be rough." She sees it coming, mm-hmm. and Casey's like, "I I got you, mom. Yeah." At the same time, same time we learn that that. Casey is also a college student who is currently playing hockey 
mm-hmm. for I, I don't know what school. It doesn't matter what school. Some New York college. Uh, and he has a full ride scholarship, but he has to keep his grades up. Casey being Casey, he ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's what leads Casey's story into the next kind of arc, mm-hmm. which we'll get to in a minute. Cut back to the turtles. So we find out that not only are the turtles in stock gen, but they're being cared for by April and Chet. April and Chet, or April, ends up giving the turtles their names. Raphael, Donatello, Leonardo, and Michelangelo. Yeah, so she names them, which is really bizarre, considering they're going to be teenagers, you know, in like the next two issues. Yeah. Um, well... Ninjas show up at Stockton. This is all in the past, of course, uh, back when the turtles were still baby, four baby turtles, mm-hmm. uh, and a baby splinter. Stockton is attacked by ninjas, and the stock the, the, the ninjas are trying to steal the test subjects and the serums, because apparently these ninjas, which we can assume are foot ninjas, mm-hmm. uh, they're getting into their own little you know super soldier game. We don't know why, we don't know who, we don't know how, but they're there to steal stuff, and they aren't really that successful. They do steal the serums, but through an act of bravery, Splinter saves the day. Well, before that, though, uh, April cold cocks dude straight up in the face with a beaker, yeah, Yes, which yeah. is one of my favorite uh, moments uh, in that. I think it's a good moment, but yeah. have you ever seen a beaker... I don't think it would hurt that much. Oh no, dude! Those things are—it's glass, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm, that's a beefy thick piece of glass. Well, I guess I think I think I think about it like a beer bottle would hurt a lot if you got hit in the head with it. Oh yeah. I mean, dude, that's right to the face. Yeah. All right, I'll give you that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. April, not wanting to be the helpless damsel in this book, takes it upon herself to attack. Uh. Splinter pulls the fire alarm. Freedom. He's able to get the turtles away from the ninjas. And Mutagen fell out of the bag. And through a comedy of errors, the turtles get exposed to a green Mutagen Mm -hmm. along with Splinter. But before that, he scratches the the foot ninja. That's right. He does. Right in the face. In the face. Hmm. I wonder what kind of foreshadowing that is. I don't know. Splinter has a real good track record of attacking dudes' eyes. Yeah, or ears, or whatever. Yeah, or whatever. Just face in general. Uh, during this entire exchange, we find out that a cat stro- was strolling along and tries to take one of the turtles. Probably hungry. He, he pro- yeah, it, it's, it's literally a, a, an alley cat. Mm-hmm. Like alley cats eat what they can find. And a lot of times that is live animals. Uh, I don't know what this cat thinks it's going to do with the shell of a turtle, but Hey, <laughs> not much more power to him. Yeah. The cat obviously is old hob. That's correct. Uh, he gets some of the mutagen on him. And of course that prompts his, uh, his mutation during this entire scuffle. Splinter takes another eye yep. and attacks Hob, taking his eye out. So mere minutes, if not seconds, after Hob's eye gets taken out, 
everyone starts to, 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 to transform. Splinter turns into a giant rat. Three of the turtles go with Splinter as giant turtles. But the fourth one is missing. Mm-hmm. And we're you know, led to believe that, hey, that has to be how Raphael got lost, right? Yeah. 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 So that's, that's exactly what happened. Now, we were, we were, if I might interject a moment, we were talking about, you know, the melting pot. Mm-hmm. So just like in the 87 cartoon, right when they get hit with the, with the ooze, they immediately transform into teenage. Full-grown teenage turtles. Yeah. So whereas in 2K3 and other stuff, it took them a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I like the instantaneous. It's like, oh, hey, you know, we're, nope. we're, yeah. And, and, and they did a good job of explaining why they're already smart. Mm-hmm. Like psychotropic. I don't know if that's a real word, yeah. but they used yeah. it. They used it in a way that made it, made, made it think, hey, it is psychotropic drugs. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Well, this is psych- psychotropic mutagen that made them smart. They, they, they were smart before they mutated. They mutated. Now they're big and smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is really convenient for the story they're telling because 15 months later, they're already trained mutants. Yeah. Uh, which is also a marvelous thing to do in 15 months. It is. Uh, in the first books, first four books, they don't really explain why that's the thing. They don't really, they have, like, how did that happen? We don't know. Moving on, uh, Stockman, of course, is having to report all this, you know, all, the, all of the, the robbery to, to, to Krang and whatnot. Krang is like, I'm getting tired of your insolence. Mm. Get me what I want. My super soldier serum. I'm trying to fight a war. Why haven't you produced? I guess these space hippies. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like. Or space hipsters. Cr- like Krang needs results. Yeah. He's got, he's a busy man and he's not going to give Baxter too many more, you know, ways no. out here. 15 months later. Splinter has told the turtles, hey, there's four of y'all. One of you is missing. We need to find your brother. Uh, this is where we start seeing the actual turtles be the turtles. The, 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 the traditional archetypes of these, these characters. We, we finally get to see Donatello be smart. Leonardo start taking uh, a leadership role and also being very diligent in his training. Uh, we get to see Michelangelo be laid back. Be the, the the Joker, the uh, hey, it's fine. I'm a people person, but it's not overt. It's not it, overly no, and which is right. That's yes. It's not cartoony. That's what I love. Yeah, just not just just a little bit subtle. It's very subtle. Very subtle. Playing video games, eating pizza. I'm like, right. oh, he's on the couch playing Nintendo Switch. <laughs> well, no Switch hadn't been invented yet. No, uh, no, no, maybe later. Maybe, maybe later. So. They're regularly going on patrols looking for their their brother. Uh, and it should be noted, all of them still have red masks at this point. This is a very nice touch. Yeah. none of They don't have their colors. It's, it's just the red masks. Well, on the flip side, Leonardo, or Casey, reveals to Raphael, hey, I'm a vigilante. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, my side hustle is just being a vigilante. Why not? Let's go bust some heads. Yeah. And they go bust some heads. Well... All of this is, you know, in the 15 months since uh, the mutation, Hob, of course, has become a street gang, street gang leader. Mm-hmm. And he's been, been hired by Stockman to find these turtles because he needs Splinter's blood. Because something that the, uh, the, the, the Foot Clan stole, mm-hmm. he's not able to recreate. Yeah. Yeah, he can't recreate the mutagen. Yeah. He's got to extract that from Splinter's blood. 
well, it's not going that well. They can't find him. Mm. There's a bi- there's a big like climax point at the end of the fourth book where Casey and Raph are out, and they get ambushed by Hob and his crew. By Hob and his crew, and they're rescued by the three turtles doing recon looking for Raphael. So their recon worked. They found Raphael. They met this new guy named Casey who's, you know, a vigilante. But there's a huge, beautiful reunion at, at the end of book four. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about, now that we've reached the end of book four, let's talk about how weird it was for the story to have four turtles, but none of them together. I wouldn't say weird. Like, it's, it's different, but I... I want to say it's like, oh, well, Raphael's the MacGuffin. Let's, you know, we, we need to go find him. <laughs> you know, I liked it. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Um, yeah. But I, you, you see them arguing, just like, why are we doing this? So it's like, I think we, you know, we had touched on that, you know, Raphael's all like, you know, he's always, why are we doing this, Leo? Why do we not, you know, this isn't our fight, blah, 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 blah. But you see that characteristic taken on by the other turtles yes in his absence which i really like that little touch yeah 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 and and i specifically like how they did with donatello yeah like donatello being the smart one the logical one he's thinking at it he's coming at it from a very logical you know standpoint of there's we have no proof he exists Mm -hmm. we have no way of finding him he's probably dead why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, because anyone logically would look at that and think that. Period. Um, and with Splinter would say, th- say this is called trusting your gut. Trust your gut. <laughs> your science can't solve everything. Is this, is this a new ninja technique? It's like, no, it's tr- trusting your gut. <laughs> <laughs> what I like about Raphael missing is that it kind of hardwires into the character, mm-hmm. him being a loner. Yeah. Raphael is al- already traditionally seen as kind of a loner. You know, he's the one who goes off on his own. He's the one who trains by himself. He gets angry and, you know, rushes away. This kind of just solidifies that. Solidifies it in his character as instead of instead of uh what nature versus nurture? Yeah. Instead of nature, this is nurture. Yeah. You know, he's a loner because he has to be. Uh moving into the next arc of the of, of the turtles which is of course books four through eight and this is where the 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 uh micro series kind of weaves in and out of it this is more the origin not necessarily the origin of how they got mutated but the origin of where they came from mm-hmm. and it's a very different take than we've ever seen the big word that i'm going to throw out here that has never been part of of, of ninja turtle lore is reincarnation or has it? Has it? I'm trying to think. I can't think of a situation where they've used reincarnation before. I mean, it's been a really long time since I've read all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, maybe at some point. It, listeners, if there is one, let us know. Yes, please do. Yeah. Uh, we don't remember it, but it might be out there. We find out that the turtles learn ninjutsu very quickly from Splinter, who is a lab rat. There's no reason he should know ninjutsu. However... Splinter has vivid memories from a past life in Japan as a member of the Foot Clan who is married to a lady named Tang Shen, which is a consistent name. That's Mm -hmm. a thing. Mm -hmm. They have four children. All of them dress up in different colors. 
much like the Ninja Turtles do. And Urukusaki takes over the Foot Clan in ancient Japan. Very quickly, he has you know nefarious plans for the Foot Clan, and Hamato Yoshi's like, you know what, I'm out. And Hamato Yoshi is the those are the memories that Splinter has because he believes that he's rein, he's the reincarnated soul of Hamato Yoshi. Well, Yoshi gets exiled and basically ordered to be killed because he won't go along with Saki's evil plan. You know, to basically slaughter innocents. Uh, yeah, it's it's well, like, legit an evil plan. Yeah. Yeah. So I ain't doing that. I'm out. I'm out. Deuces, you know, and yeah. you know, and so he goes to <laughs> To, 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 you know, tell his family, you know, we got to go, we got to run. And Saki comes and murders his wife. Uh, Which is a very consistent. That's, yes, that that's a thing. All that throughout. All throughout. Like, pretty much every iteration. And in her dying breath, she tells Yoshi, hey, I know you're angry, but we have children you have to take care of. Mm-hmm. Run. I know you want to kill this guy, <laughs> but you need to run. So they run, and for a while, he's able to raise he's he's able to raise his children for what I believe ten years, something like that. Yeah, yeah. His, his children grow up to be, funny enough, teenagers. Before the uh, before the Foot Clan catches back up to him, and finally gives him his 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 you know their his final judgment, kills all four of his children, Whew. just slaughters them in front of him, which is so such a brutal panel i mean luckily you don't see it yeah you don't see it's it into that because oh man that's dark it's really dark but you see your first glimpses of what would be the feudal version of the shredder yeah yeah and his four children are slaughtered in front of him and right before they kill yoshi he vows you know i don't know where this you know what happens in the afterlife i don't know where i'm going but rest assured i will get my revenge mm-hmm. and Splinter is basically telling the story to the turtles. It's like, oh, hey, you know those four kids I had? Y'all are the reincarnated souls of those kids. Say what? Right? Yeah. And this is issue. This is the issue five I was talking about that jumps back and forth, you know, between art styles. And when you look at it, like if you look closely at it, it's very obvious that the art changes mm-hmm. when you jump, you know, back and forth. It's jarring on purpose. Yeah. You know, you, you, they clearly wanted those panels to look distinct when you jump back to ancient Japan. And that's kind of why it's, it's, it's my favorite book in this run, because it ends with the turtles getting their colors, Raphael getting his size, them fi- us finally understanding the origin. Mm-hmm. And the turtles kind of coming to terms with it. Uh, the, like Leonardo begins to see, maybe not in this issue, but he does begin to see like flashbacks of his mother. Yeah, in, in ancient Japan, uh, Donatello, of course, is skeptical, very because he's because he's always a turtle of science. That's right, he's a turtle of science. He's he's always skeptical, but their origin is we know it now. You know, we know we know where the turtles come from. Uh, let's go ahead and start talking about some micros. All right, we're going to jump. We're going to just run through all of these micros because a lot of them are very one note. Uh, they're much shorter. Uh, not, they're not shorter, but they're 
there's less detail in the stories. Like they focus on one plot. They don't jump back and forth between characters in the Raphael micro, which is the first one. Uh, Raph and Casey are patrolling, right? And they come across this Fox that we find out is named Alopex through the events of the story. Uh, Alopex tries to trick Raphael into taking her back to his lair to, to help heal her. Well, he finds out very quickly. No, she's, she's not a good guy. No. Alopex is a bad guy. Yep. And who's she being chased by? Oh, she's being chased by Bebop and Rocksteady. Pre-mutated. Pre, yeah. Yeah, human Bebop and Rocksteady. Uh, and I, I love that the art does not even hint that it's not them. Right. Like, it's very blatant. It is blatant. It is obvious. They, they're, they almost name drop animals. Like, it's, it's so obvious. Uh, and the artwork is just gorgeous. Oh, the, yeah, the artwork on that one is really good. Uh, that art was done by the, the late Frank Uru, Uru, Uru. I don't, I don't, I'm really bad with pr- pronouncing, you know, foreign names. It's U-R-R-U. Yeah, he, he passed away a few years ago. God, that's just, hard. that's heartbreaking. But, you know, what a testament, because this will live on forever as like yeah. probably one of the most beautiful books. Yeah, it's, it's all, and he also had the distinction of being the first to draw Alopex. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that, 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 that alone mm-hmm. you know yeah. is, a, is a testament to his legacy yeah so and we find out at the end of that book that alopex is working for ninjas um we don't know which one but it looks like it's going to be the shredder yeah. seeing as there's a shadow of the shredder or a, sh- a shredder sized shadow right behind mm-hmm. the ninja that is like uh did you get them you didn't okay well then we'll try to just you know we will i i like the Raphael micro I do too. I like all the micros. They're all really good, and they all tell very succinct stories. You know. Yeah. The next one we got is Michelangelo, and the Michelangelo one is very much a Michelangelo story. Mm-hmm. It's New Year's Day or it's New Year's Eve, and Mikey wants to celebrate it like humans do. He wants to party. He wants to be social, uh, and he finds a way to do so by going to a costume party. Very quickly, once he's in the costume party, he accidentally becomes part of a heist heist and that's actually the name of the story the dresden heist yeah he he uses his 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 charm to just kind of befuddle his way through this entire story like he doesn't know it's a heist until he does and then he's like oh no this is a bad thing he's just sitting there chilling eating some like freaking pizza pockets uh, yeah you know yeah. Or, um yeah pizza rolls and he's like oh hey he just kind of stumbles into the situation is that you carl I'm like uh sure yeah <laughs> uh and there are three other heist mates uh, and they're there to steal a giant green diamond thing that looks like a turtle shell that does look like a turtle shell <laughs> Uh, he specifically refers to his, the, his, the talents of his brothers when trying to get through this. You know, he's like, what would Donatello do here? What would Leonardo do here? Mm-hmm. Um, and he ends up stealing the diamond, but he doesn't steal it to give it to the heist people. He, he steals it so he can get it to the cops and say, hey, there's people stealing this. During the heist, he finds out that one of his heist mates is a cop. And the cop is like, I know you're not a cop. Because I'm a cop. Give me the diamond. Dressed like Catwoman. Yeah, she's dressed like Catwoman. Like 60s like Batman TV series Catwoman. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's, it's just a really fun book. There's a lot of good humor in it. There's a lot of good situations in it. 
he ends up giving the diamond to the cop and saying, oh, I'll see you in the future, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Uh, he comes back to to the, to the lair and he you know he tells his brothers well, you know what happened. And if I remember correctly, they were roundly f- kind of freaked out. It's like you did what? Yeah. How? What? And Splinter wasn't happy. But it was it was very much a mischievous teenage story. Oh yeah. Which Michelangelo all just his personality lends itself to. Mm-hmm. So, I like that one as well. I do too. There's really cool. It's really cool micro. Um, and also a micro that doesn't really like it can be read on its own mm-hmm. there. It, it, it's, it's not like it's crucial to the story, to the overall story. Now, s- some of the characters in it, like I believe the the cop co- does actually come back. Ooh. Um, just like Alapex come, comes back and Bebop and Rocksteady come back. Uh, but the next one we're going to talk about Donatello Harold, the scientist in the Donatello micro, mm-hmm. he becomes very important. Oh. Uh, it's not for a while, but his, his character becomes kind of crucial to the entire plot of the, of, of the book. Uh, but let's talk about Donatello's. Donatello is... He, the art in the Donatello book is really nice. might be the best of this entire run of, of books that we're, we, we've read so far. I'm inclined to agree. Yeah. It's wonderful. Donatello is basically lonely. He's smarter than all of his brothers. They don't really, they aren't really into what he's into. Leonardo tries just because he's a good brother, but he ultimately doesn't actually care. Yeah. Uh, and, And he ends up becoming an online guy. Yeah, and what is his uh, online moniker? What's it? It's like Does Machines eighty four. Yeah, that's such a good on. Yes, great. That's that's great. Um, He befriends a guy named what? What's his name? Kirby Fan O one. Kirby Fan O one. Which there's befriends is a kind of a. (laughs) I don't know about that. It's just like you know, it's like oh, you again. He interacts with a trolley, (laughs) Kirby Fan O one, which is a huge callback to a lot of different things, mm-hmm. including the original Donatello Micro. Yeah. Because the character in the original Donatello Micro was Kirby. A.K.A. Jack Kirby. A.K.A. Jack Kirby, which is also a huge influence on Peter Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman. So yes. it all comes full circle. It does. Donatello decides he's going to go to a science fair uh, in New York because, hey, I'm a scientist. I need to see some of this stuff. He gets there, and there's a guy who has an anti-gravity gu- uh, glove. This guy's name is Harold. Uh, Lids- Lidzja? Lidzja? Oh, again, I'm bad with names. Uh, he is demonstrating his anti-grav thing, and it's really impressive, but he breaks some stuff, uh, and he immediately gets pulled into an office, like aggressively, after you know his gravity glove does all of this cool stuff. Donatello's like, that's weird, so he follows. He does his ninja thing and stalks the people who basically kidnapped Harold. Turns out it was Stockman and his henchmen. Stock, Stockman's like, "Hey, we know you're. We know you, Harold. You're. A, you were a world famous uh, scientist guy whose partner stole all of his ideas, and now you're poor. And we, me, the generous Baxter Stockman, want to give you your life back as a rich and famous uh, scientist." And you can only do that with my help. I'm altruistic. <laughs> and, and he bites. 
And he also looks like Jackie Childs from freaking Seinfeld. That <laughs> 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 just is is also note, folks. He looks like different celebrities and all it, oh, throughout yeah. all the run. So we'll get to that. We'll get to that back in a minute. Yeah, yeah. So so Harold bites. He's like, all right, cool. I'll do that. Donatello accidentally inserts himself into this when it's when it turns out that Baxter wants Harold to find Donatello mm-hmm. or find the turtles and he brings a handy little turtle tracker that when you press a button it immediately points to where the turtles are and there's a really good shot of Donatello <laughs> ninjaing in a corner <laughs> and a laser just pointing him out he's like I gotta, uh, uh, I gotta get out of here and I'm like oops and for some reason, he took all of his trench coat. He took his trench coat and his hat off. I'm like, well, why? And it's easy, it's easier to ninja when you know what you're wearing. Oh, it is, but which still. is nothing. No. It's that. That's what we need to learn from this: is ninjaing is easy naked. Yeah, that. Well, he's got. He's wearing a shell. Yeah, it's good. Covering, it's covering the bits. <laughs> a fight ensues, and in throughout the fight, Donatello's you know using his bow, beating up dudes, and trying to convince Harold, hey, Baxter's not a good dude. This is not going to work out, and it was going well. Y- yeah, until Donatello finds out that Harold is actually Kirby, Kirby fan. Oh one, and he finds out because he uses the ter- the, the, the the word um, obtruse, which is not a word, but it is Harold's I guess favorite fake sounding word. So he used it online. And he uses it in person. So Donatello's like, you're Kirby fan one. And he's like, does Machines 84? And they had this real like, oh, moment. I was like, oh, I hate you. Yeah, I hate you too. But now we have to join forces. And they do. And they end up using the gravity glove to, 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 to fight but not Baxter's at first, men. But not at first. No, they no, no, no. They crab out of each other. Yes, they did. It's and beautiful. we find out the, 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 the gravity glove works off of like your body's own energy. And Harold being an old dude, it didn't have much energy. However, he let Donatello use it, and with turtle power, which was name-dropped in in the book, it has a lot of power, and they're able to escape by shooting the gravity gun at the ground and flying away, and magically, Donatello has a new friend. I love this book. I do, too. This is one of my favorites. It is pure donatello like goodness it's exactly the story that you want to see him in mm-hmm. and it has so many throwbacks the gravity glove looks just like the 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 like the gauntlet that was in the original donatello micro mm-hmm. so many throwbacks such a new story such and harold turns into such a good character mm-hmm. i love it i would talk about it more but we have to move on yeah i would well before we move on i would love to see this this art style as an animated series. That would be great. Yeah. I'd love an IDW cartoon. You hear that? You hear that, Nickelodeon? Yeah. Give us some more adult. Give that to Netflix. Give us some adult animated Ninja Turtle stuff. Well, not stuff. adult. Well. Not, we, not adult. Well. well that we, are, I'm sure that already exists. Oh, oh no. Uh, we get. I, I, what I mean by that is <laughs> I mean I, I want some swearing. And I want some gratuitous <laughs> violence and some blood. All right. Let's cut to, uh, let's talk about Casey and April, actually. April and Casey, after, after their story ends in the first volume, uh, we get to see that we pop in on them a few times in the second volume. April, because she was, you know, kind of uh, freaked out by the attack on Stockgen, decides that she needs to be trained in martial arts or some sort of fighting. 
Casey is failing out of college and needs tutoring. Well, luckily, one of them is good at fighting and one of them is good at smarts. Yeah. And was it April that put up the... Yeah, April put up the uh, the, the flyer. Uh, we'll, we'll exchange... Yeah, we'll tutor uh, for training. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty fair trade. That's a fair trade. Yeah. And, you know, Casey pulls it. They end up talking on the phone. They get together and they start tutoring and training. Like, it's, it's, it's this symbiotic relationship that mm-hmm. just kind of came together. Well, after, you know, doing that a few times, they decide to get some coffee and actually meet each other, you know, find out who these people, you know, who, who they are. And Casey finds, Casey realizes, hey, this, like, this girl worked at StockGen when the turtles were the turtles, mm-hmm. and now they're big turtles. I should probably take her to the big turtles. Yeah. You know, and and there's a lot of flirtation stuff back and forth. It's obvious they kind of dig each other. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, it's it's a sweet little, you know, story that's woven through the, 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 the books six, seven, and eight really well. What's happening with the turtles at this point is they end up following a French guy who is is killed by the Foot Clan, uh, and as he's dying, he says, <laughs> "Omelette du fromage." <laughs> as he's dying, he says, "War is coming." Yeah. He's he's very ominous about, "Hey, I'm dying for a reason, guys." <laughs> And so the, the turtles, you know, take that information back to Splinter and they're like, hey, what's up with this? And we eventually we find out he's part of uh, a uh, a group called Savate. It's not the French Revolution. I don't know. No, I have no idea. It's 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 he's a Savate guy. Is that a group of ninjas? Is that a group of a gang? We don't know. It's the, I'm going to say it's, we're going to just presume it's a gang, a French gang, which apparently there are those. Is that a thing? French gangs? Could be. Oh, oh, I will shoot you. <laughs> I will kill you with croissant. <laughs> croissant. Oh, croissant throwing stars. Now I want croissant. <laughs> Thank you, Sergio. Uh, delicious. Now I'm hungry for buttery French pastries. The most delicious throwing stars. Oh, my God. We see Krang uh, and, and his, his on neutrino. He's he's got a lot of stuff he's dealing with on neutrino. Apparently, they don't really go into detail, but he comes to Baxter Stockman's house, sits on his couch, and says, "You need to produce what I'm asking because it's getting tough." At this point, Baxter does not know that Krang is just a brain. No, it's Krang, all covered up with yeah, a turtleneck. <laughs> with, yes, and with a, br- a with a, a nice and a Russian looking turtleneck thing, yeah. and it, it like. Krang's wardrobe is wonderful. It is. He has this real Cold War looking Russian. I, like I imagine reading his 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 lines in these books when he's in that costume as a Russian guy, just because yeah. he looks the part. Uh, if this ever gets made into an you know like an animated thing, I would hope they would cast a Russian guy as Krang. Oh, that would be. So It'd be cool. great. It That'd would be, be great. great. Yeah. Baxter's like, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But it's clear. It's, it's clear. Krang is becoming impatient. And in this, and this time, uh, Baxter looks like Will Smith, Will Smith with a full mustache. Nice. Like you. So like men in black, Will Smith. Yeah. Nice. He, he calls old Hob back and old Hob is like, I can find these guys, but I need an army, right? I need an army. Baxter's like, I got your army right here. 
turns out it's the Mausers. We get our introduction to the Mausers, and I believe it's issue six or seven, one of those two. Mm-hmm. And what did we find out that they stand for? Minefield Ordnance Unarming System Enhanced Robots. Yeah. Yeah. So Mausers aren't created to eat mice or, or rob banks. Rob, rob banks. They're presumably made to disarm mines, which is really cool. And it's, and it's cool that they were able to retcon the name Mauser into something useful. Oh, yeah. The big climax at the end of uh, this whole arc kind of happens all at once. Two of the turtles are hanging out in, in the lair with Splinter. Two of the turtles are out getting pizza, right? It was Mikey and Raph getting pizza. From a dude um, that Mikey knows. Hey, he hooks hey, me up. Hey, yeah, it's, his name's Woody. We don't need scraps out of the back of the dumpster. He's like, he gives me the good stuff. Woody's a good dude. He gave yeah. him a pizza, gave him a salad. Because Splinter's, you know, he likes the... Yeah, he's doesn't go for pizza all the time. That's right. Uh, while Raph and... Who is it? No, it's... While Donatello and Leonardo. Leonardo are in the lair with Splinter, it gets attacked by the Mausers. Hob a shows crap up. crap ton of Mausers. Hob shows up with a crap load of Mausers, and they're very quickly overrun. Uh, luckily, Michelangelo and Raphael show up, and they you know, are trying to, to prevent everyone from dying. Well, the lair collapses. There's, a, that's a re- there's some really good art in the last book of this run. Mm-hmm. Like Dan Duncan may, may seem rushed on some pages, but he really earned his paycheck in books or in, in book eight. Oh yeah, definitely through all of the, the commotion splinter does get kidnapped, which that's also kind of a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Splinter gets kidnapped. That's that, you know, that happens in, in multiple iterations. The turtles are freaked out. Right as they're like, Splinter's missing, Casey shows up with April to show to, to show her, hey, look, remember those turtles that you named? She immediately faints. Just like April do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can, can you think of an iteration where she doesn't faint when she meets the turtles? No. I, I can't think of one. Again, listeners, if you know one, let us know. Uh, there's... You know, really great scenes of the turtles beating the Mausers. They end up beating the Mausers, but there's no Splinter. Hob has stolen Splinter. He has achieved his goal, and that is where the basically the volume cuts off. Ooh, she didn't faint in the '90s movie. She'd already fainted before. That's right. And then she woke up and that's saw them right. and that's just right. freaked out. So that's that's one. Okay, we got one. We got one. That's one. Tally that one. Yeah. Um, uh, volume two, book eight really ends on a huge cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. You know, Splinter is missing. The lair is destroyed. And we finally have April properly meeting the turtles. But she doesn't because she faints. Yeah. Uh, it's a wonderful cliffhanger to end on. Uh, the only thing we have left to talk about is the Leo Micro, mm-hmm. which is a great addendum to how this ended. Yeah. Because much like... The original Leo Micro, this one is basically just a tale of Leo fighting foot soldiers. Just almost an endless amount of foot soldiers. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a story that we've seen re, you know, recreated in a, in a movie, except it was Raphael. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the more iconic things in the Ninja Turtle you know, lore. 
and it's done really, really well in this micro. The art's done by uh, Ross Campbell, or as she is known now as Sophie Campbell. Ah, Sophie uh, is actually she, like she did a she did a few runs during the entire thing. Like she mm-hmm. did a beautiful job on uh, the Northampton arc, Ooh. which we're going to get to soon. Oh, it's absolutely stunning. Um, I'm ready. Yeah. But more importantly, with book 101, she will be handling writing and art Ooh, for the main title. That's big. Exactly. That's it, big. It, it, it's, it's big because it'll be the first time that there's been a actual writer change mm-hmm. since the beginning. On top of that, prior to her getting a job working on Turtles, she was working on a like a fan book that was going to have five turtles, one of them being a female turtle. What a coincidence. So she gets to work on the first like full arc that includes five turtles because spoiler alert, there's a fifth turtle in this book now. And it's not Zach. It's not Zach and it's not uh, Venus. Yeah. It is a character named Jenica, which we haven't met yet. Uh, but, that that's just a really exciting change. I like that name, Jenica. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, and and she goes by Jenny. Like it it works. Oh, yeah. Um, back to this though. The art in the Leo Micro is wonderful. It's beautiful. It is beautiful, especially the the depictions of the uh, the Foot Clan and what I I I dubbed them as cockroach ninjas. Yes, they are everywhere. Everywhere. And, and, and like, there's a lot of detail in this one, and that's also something that I, I, I can say about all of the micros so far, is they seem to have more detail in the art. And not rushed. Right. And, and I know that's us being very presumptuous as to what happened during the production of these, mm-hmm. but the backgrounds are more uh, filled in, the, the colors seem more vivid, the action is more in your face. Even though they have different artists, it still has a consistent detail to it mm-hmm. that the main book just doesn't have kind of in the middle. All of this may be, you know, just us making it up in our brains, you know, weaving a narrative that's not actually there. Dan Duncan might have had plenty of time, and that's just how he wanted it to look. Well, that's, we that's don't know. Quite possible. I'm just saying that I like the art in these micros a lot more. Yeah. Uh, especially in, 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 in the Donatello and Leonardo micros, they're great. It's mm-hmm. absolutely great. Uh, we don't really learn much from this book. Because ninjas don't talk. Ninjas don't talk. <laughs> Leonardo doesn't learn much in this book. Ninjas did not, they don't talk at all, but he's being attacked while he's out looking for Splinter. And there's a beautiful scene where um, Leo had jumped through uh, a boarded up building. Yep. And there's just, Foot foot soldiers uh, everywhere. Everywhere. They're in the building that he jumps to. Or foot ninja, I should say. Foot soldiers, foot ninja. Um, And he's trying to get one to talk, and he looks like freaking, like, old Batman from Dark Knight Returns. Oh, yes. Which is... It's very much a a, One of my favorite books. Yeah. And one of my favorite animated films. Um, And so that's probably my favorite frame. Oh, okay. My favorite panel, I should say. Yeah, one one of my favorite panels is in this one as well. Mm. It's it's when he's finally cornered and at the bottom of the page, you know, he's holding both swords out like come get me. Yeah. Uh 
it's just really, really, really well drawn. And, and, and in this one, he does have like a flashback to his, his mother, mm-hmm. you know, specifically his mother being killed. Um, so, but again, when it comes to story, we don't learn anything. We don't. Mm. We don't. We don't learn much of anything. But at the very end, a basically the boss ninja <laughs> throws Leonardo off the building. Just like he's nothing. Like he's nothing. Throws him into a dumpster, uh, and he's left for dead. Much like the Shredder was in the first movie. And, uh, and the, the first, the first, first comic. Yeah. You know, it's it's it kind of calls back to a few things there. And I, we're led to believe that that is the Shredder. You know, he's got the scar on his face from the attack when when Splinter attacked him in at Stock Gen. He is clearly stronger, and Leonardo even mentions that he is the most well-trained when fighting him. Mm-hmm. That's, let's just say it, that's the Shredder. Oh, it's got to be. He's not in costume. He's not actually playing the Shredder. He's incognitus. Yeah, 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 like... <laughs> the unnamed we've seen the shredder now a couple of times and i like that yeah i like that slow build very and um, that that i i so i let i lend uh, i lent a really good friend of mine uh like the first couple volumes of this mm-hmm. very recently and i was like just read it if you like it i got more you can borrow mm-hmm. and you know after he read the first one i asked him I was like so what do you think one of one of his points of uh, praise for for the entire first you know run is the pacing. Oh yeah, the pacing is it's slow but it's deliberate. It's laying the groundwork for more than just an arc, more than just oh well maybe this book will last a year. Like the the, the production team here is playing the long game with these characters. Mm-hmm. And the groundwork that's in these first eight to 12 issues, which is what we've read here, we're still seeing characters and plot lines being resolved from these four in like issue 98, you know, issue 97, you know, there, there, there's things that are still being referred to. So having the, 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 the consistent production crew through the first hundred issues lends itself to really good and precise storytelling. Yeah, I agree. And that's it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what, that, that's what we got out of the first, first 12 issues. And that's what you're going to get out of the next, at least 98. I can tell you that. That was a shell of a ride. So far. Wasn't it? Yes. Yes. I like, I am so glad that I got to experience this as you're experiencing this. Yeah. You know, cause, cause outside looking in, like seeing you like, it's like biodome, like, Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> I gave you a book and I'm like, cross my arms and stare at you. Now read it. Yes. <laughs> Tell me, did you like it? <laughs> Take copious notes. I, I, I took a few. Yeah. But we didn't use those. Um, I think this turned out a lot better than the previous recording. I do too. Uh, any final thoughts now that we've covered basically the, the you know the plots of of all the books? Um, well, I mean, you know, it being different, you know, it's like because reboots and rehashes they're done to death. How many times can you tell the same freaking story? Yeah, you know, and of course, 
if you're Spider-Verse, you make fun of that. All right, one more time. This is... Blah, 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 it's like, guess what? Know? We all have dead uncles. Yeah. And it, was like, <laughs> it's, it was pretty freaking great the way they handled that. So with this, it was, it was refreshing to get a different take, but familiar. Mm-hmm. And everything, like you said, everything like you know, like like the the uh, 2012 cartoon, that's a melting pot for just about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's very nice to see them taking everything and building. You know, basically like, hey, we got all these Legos. Let's put them all together. Yeah, and I love yeah. that. Yeah, I yeah. really like. I've I don't think I've enjoyed reading a comic more. In a very long time. Oh wow, that's high praise. Yeah, look at you. Yeah, uh, it's it's. I like that you name dropped the the Nickelodeon cartoon because mm-hmm. I, I feel like they're both cut from the same cloth. Yeah, but are drastically different. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's almost like two chefs walked into a room where every ingredient ever created is on the wall, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Well, I'm going to take this shrimp, and I'm going to take this chicken, and I'm going to take this paprika, and and." With the same ingredients, they made two completely different dishes. Yeah. But they're both, both of them are instantly recognizable as, oh, Ninja Turtles. Next time on Shellheads, we're covering the second half of the 2K3 cartoon. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I knew, I knew, I knew that would tickle your fancy. Yes. How many episodes? Uh, is it it's 14. 14 okay the reason it's 14 is because we cut off the last one before the start of a new arc yeah so we watched 12 last time instead of 13 so this time we got to watch 14 Mm -hmm. which i'm sure you'll be fine with oh yeah so tune in next time more tv more tv more tv and then we have a bunch of exciting episodes after that i'm not even going to go into it because we're out of time oh but before we go jeff where can you be found as always folks you can find me at the warp zone arcade uh, Crossgate's uh, number one entertainment center. I, I would I would say Crossgate's only entertainment center. Yeah, because there's nothing to do here. That's right. So we facilitate all of your video game needs, whether it be retro, current, arcade, um, 400 plus games. We do tournaments, birthday parties, that whole spiel. So if you're bored on the weekends, like most people are, Please come check us out. We're always up to something. Yes. Yes. I I need to drop in again for one of your uh, Smash Brothers tournaments. Those are pretty dope. Yeah. 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 So. Okay, cool. I'm Sergio. I'm the Reality Breached guy. Uh, I'm not going to go into what all that is because chances are you probably found this episode on Reality Breached. But I am going to pitch what's coming up later this month. Ooh. Uh, this month being October is... Shocktober? I... Look... I hear people on Twitter are calling it spooky season. I don't know what that is. I like Shocktober. I Shocktober. That's a you know. That's good. Yeah, I'm I pretty like sure that. that was used in marketing for something. Oh yeah, like a decade ago. Oh yeah. But yeah, I I don't know if I'm engaged in the whole spooky season idea, but I do know that Reality Breached is going to have two Halloween episodes coming up. Ooh. Both of them are recorded already. We're going to be talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, me and my wife. The lovely Ariel Blackwell watched all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and we podcast about every single one of them. Took copious notes. Took copious notes. Like, she was flipping through pages. Like, you can hear it in the edit. Her, like, actually, no, in the fourth. So, 
We had a good time. Nice. It was a really good time, uh, and those episodes are turned out really good. They'll be dropping probably next week. Ooh. Maybe the week after that. Yeah. Whenever I'm done with them. Yeah. You know. You know how it works. Uh, until next time, though, Shellheads, Shellheads will be back in about a week, two weeks. Probably about a week. I'm you know, there's this whole yeah. having to re-record it kind of threw off our schedule. That's fine. But we, the, we can adjust. It's fine. It's all fine. We can adjust. Yeah. For Jeff, I'm certain. No, that's not how we do this. I'm Sergio. I'm Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> and we're Shellheads. Boom shakalaka. <laughs> Don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast. Visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.